Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my fabulous international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keys, your host for Here's Teresa. And I thank you so much for tuning into my show. I certainly appreciate it. And I, I'm so happy to be talking to you guys out there. And as always, I have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, just let me tell you a bit about it. I'm going to have Michelle Kubas. She is a friend to the show. She is going to be talking about her upcoming book, The Broken Social Contract. Then my other guest is the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. And we are going to be conversing about hot topics. And then I have an announcement uh, about him as well as I have an announcement about myself as well. So um, just stay tuned, relax, grab yourself some tea and coffee and uh, stay with me. It's going to be a fantastic show. So how are you guys doing out there? I hope that you all are doing just fabulous out there, that you are all safe and cognizant about your surroundings, that you're keeping track of your loved ones and letting your loved ones know where you are as well. The reason I say this is because, listeners, listen, we are living in some very crazy times right now, you know, unfortunately, and it is for that reason that keeping track of our loved ones is more important than ever, as well as staying prayed up, you know. For all of you out there who believe in prayer, I do. Not trying to put my beliefs on you, but I'm just saying stay prayed up. Just stay positively thinking um, as well. Now, here's a question I have for you guys out there. Um, What the heck happened to me? I mean, you know, it came and it just went. I'm telling you so dang on fast. Now, we are here in the month of June and it will go fast, too. OK, trust me, it'll go fast, too. This is why I'm saying to you all out there, live your life to the fullest, positively, every single day, listeners, every single day. Now, did you all out there hear about this YouTube, you know, that that YouTube, the organization is planning on banning thousands of extremist videos all I have to say is, yay, it's about time and what took you all so long and why are you only doing just thousands? You should do all of them. Hallelujah to that. Do the right thing. We don't need all of this craziness going on. There's enough evil going on in this world. Okay. Cut it off at the nib, at the Knicks. Cut it off. Now, I was talking to my fabulous engineer, Dave, shout out to Dave, that it is hot, hot, hot here. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, it was like 105. It was supposed to have been 101, 105. People will say, well, it's only four degrees higher, Teresa. That four degrees matters when you're here in the desert. Okay, trust me. And, you know, in the weather, actually, listeners, as you all know, is just crazy um, all over the country. We have floods. We got tornadoes. And so, you know, I'm just going to say that, you know, for all of us that's dealing with the heat and for all of us that are dealing with fl uh, flooding and tornadoes, that I hope that, you know, you all are safe 
and you're doing well, you know, as we're all doing that the best that we can on a daily basis. So now, listeners, I am bringing on my guest. His name is Reginald C. Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist. And good morning, Reginald, on this beautiful sunny day. It's going to be hot, but so what? It's all right. Thanks for being on. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yes, it's going to be another hot one. I was looking at the weather report on my phone a few minutes ago. It's like, shoosh, here it is. Here we go. But, Mm -hmm. uh, hey, you know, it is Arizona, and this is what we do. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Now, Mm -hmm. we have a lot to talk about, so I want to start off with something stupid, okay? You guys should already know what I'm going to get into. I want to talk about what Donald Trump Jr. said, which really, you know, like I wanted to go through the television uh, when all of them were there in, in England. It's the dumbest thing, and I am sure that us taxpayers are paying for that trip with his grown-ass stupid children going over there and i know that the queen was beside herself and they all thought that they were going to stay in the buckingham palace but the queen shut that down like nope we are still renovating so go and stay at a howard johnson somewhere okay but reginald i'm talking about what um you and i chatted about um earlier this morning and um i'm paraphrasing but um donald trump jr said that um the uh you know one of the best presidents we ever had president obama that he said that if he did as much as his father did for you know minorities you know blacks in this country he would be an emperor okay first of all he's behind the times emperor you know what i'm saying reginald he's I mean, just, really he's he's just Stupid. If you think Donald Trump is stupid, Donald Trump and, and Eric are stupider, if that's if that's a word. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he just needs to keep his mouth shut because he never knows what the hell he's talking about. That's him and his daddy. The reason that this economy <laughs> is the way it is, this is Barack Obama's economy. Period. Thank you. Thank you. Period. End of story. The reason why things are where they are. Is because of Barack Obama and Joe Biden who came in and cleaned up the shit. Just like every Democrat since 1900 had to come and clean up the shit after every Republican. Don't believe me? Mm-hmm. Look at the economic report, and that's and that's Thank the you. way it is. So Thank you know you. he just needs to, he just needs to shut up and and worry about having to uh, go in front of Congress again, having lied. When he was in, when he was uh, uh, meeting with, in the Congress the last time, so, so that's what he needs to be concerned about. And yeah, I don't want my taxpayers' money spending for him, Tiffany, and the rest of these numb nuts uh, going over to the UK. That's not what I spend my taxpayers' money for. I want my money to go to help veterans, to help our our seniors, to help our children, uh, to improve our schools, our roads and infrastructure. I couldn't give two craps about them going over to England. And exactly. the thing about they nobody all, wanted them over there anyway. And nobody well, wanted them I'm, over there that's anyway. What I'm saying. Exactly. Right. And he's and he he meaning uh that thing in the White House that uh slaves built. Uh, uh they were saying that there were protesters. I didn't see any protesters. I didn't see any protesters. I saw people cheering. What are you delusional and what drugs are you taking? Okay. Because there was people out there that even had that big damn baby out there floating around. How are you gonna now what you thought that meant 
uh, would you thought that that was a sign of, uh, like a term of endearment or something, you know? So, you know, it's just, it's just stupid. So anyway, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say that. And, uh, all I'm saying to listeners is get your vote ready. Okay. So that we can vote him and his likeness out him that, um, um, his, his vice president, that turtle in the Senate and all the rest of the Republicans who's not doing the damn thing, but collecting money for the lobbyists. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So now, Reginald, I'm sure that, you know, you've heard about the couple and the woman who transitioned in the Dominican Republic. And it's such a tragic story. It's really sad. Now, CNN Faith uh, Karimi reported in part that five days ago, before a Maryland couple were found dead in their hotel room in the Dominican Republic, a Pennsylvania woman collapsed and died at the same resort shortly after she checked in, a family spokesman said. Okay. Miranda Shop Werner, she was only here for 41 years of Allentown, Pennsylvania, had just checked in on May 25th and enjoyed a drink from a mini bar at the Bahia Principal Principe Hotel in La Roma. And family spokesman Jay McDonald told CNN affiliate WFMZ this information. Now, they were celebrating their wedding anniversary, and her husband, Dan Warner, uh, uh, said, um, you know, she suddenly collapsed in a hotel room. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said, um, Reginald, that at one point she was sitting there happily smiling and taking pictures, and the next moment she was in acute pain and called out for Dan, and she collapsed. He was understandably in shock, the report is saying, but the whole thing was just so stunning. Now, the paramedics was called in, Reginald, and first aid was provided, but Schwab Werner, she transitioned in the room. Dominican uh, Republic National Police Colonel Frank Felix Duran Mejia told CNN. Here's the other thing. Five days later, Reginald, on May 30th, Maryland couple Edward Nathan, uh, Nathaniel Holmes, who's only been here for 63 years, and Cynthia Ann Day, who's only been here for 49 years, missed their scheduled checkout time at the same resort. Now, hotel employees later found them transitioned, the police said. Now, when Shop Werner's family heard about the couple's death, they notified the U.S. Department of, of Sim, you know, the U.S. Department, uh, the state of the similarities of occurrences that happened and requested an investigation. Now, he said that his wife, uh, Shop Werner, said his wife was healthy before her death. And what we thought it would, you know, was a freak event. Now we don't know. You know, that five days later, as I said, this other couple, you know, transitioned and, and they, they were fine. Now, one other point of information regarding the couple is that it said in a, a report, CBS report earlier this week, Reginald, that the husband, uh, the, you know, the gentleman and they were getting ready to, to be married. They have a child uh, together as well. And that he called the front desk and said, you know, I'm not feeling well. I really feel bad. I really feel bad. So. Okay, your take on that, Reginald? Mm. It's, it's really a shame. Um, you know, investigation needs to be done to see if there is something in that hotel, in the, um, I don't know, air conditioning system. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't know, but, but uh, an investigation needs to be done because of the similarities of, of, the, of the death. Uh, it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's some kind of, freak occurrence, you know, some kind of, um, you know, just happenstance. So so I hope a, mm-hmm. a, a thorough investigation is 
uh, is, is conducted uh, because these families uh, need closure. They need to know that. And it's something that others need to know as well before they make that uh, uh, trip or stay in that hotel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, so they, they, they need, they need to do something. They, they really do. They need to do something because this just cannot keep happening. I feel so sorry for these people. You know, wow. and like like you and I said, you know, um, there has been such a lax of um, of individuals doing their due diligence to keep things clean. I believe that we talked about this before on my show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was I was saying to um, 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 our sister yesterday, uh, who's a surgical. She was a surgical nurse in her career. How I remember how you went to the hospitals and when an individual vacated a room, they had staff come on and they would lift the beds up and they would clean it down with bleach. The, you know, the bed, the room, they would take the mattress and, and clean it down with bleach and all of this. You know, uh, I don't see that anymore. You know, I don't know what the hell they use is some broken down crap. Oh, this kills germs too. No, you need to use bleach. Okay. And, and stop with the, stop with the, the craziness, but. You know, my heart goes out uh, to the families, you know, for their losses. And, you know, and I just and I just hope that, um, you know, from from my mouth to God's ears, I hope that justice is found so that they can, you know, know exactly what happened uh, to these to these individuals. You know, so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really sad. It's really sad. And they were just one other tidbit before we move on is that the they said that the medications they found medications. Um, mm-hmm. in the, in the couple's room, you know, that, that they were taken for, to treat high blood pressure that, and there was no signs of violence in the room. Of course not. And then, but they also said that the couple had respiratory, respiratory, respiratory fa- failure. Okay. I can't talk this morning and pulmonary edema, which is an abnormal buildup of fluid in the lungs. Now, just how did that happen? But I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. I just, I, I think it's something else going on mm-hmm. I, I i do mm-hmm. i do oh wow so wow yeah cnn reached out to the hotel but of course as the time that i was re you know doing this uh research they had not responded you know because i think they know yeah. that something is, is is not is not right okay exactly. let's get on talking about the central park five backlash regarding the former prosecutor linda farnstein okay now, Oxygen's Tina Tron is reporting this on June 4, 2019, and it says in part the following. It starts off by saying that the debut of Netflix series, When They See Us, prosecutor Linda Farnstein is facing renewed backlash. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Time is not proving to be kind to Linda Farnstein, Reginald, the prosecutor who is accused of coercing a group of five young teens into false confessions during one of New York City's most infamous and controversial crimes. Now, a presiding judge during Salam's failed 1993 appeal included her name in his dissenting opinion, eventually telling the media, I was concerned about a criminal justice system that would tolerate the conduct of the prosecutor, Linda Farnstein, who deliberately engineered the 15-year-old's confession. Farnstein wanted to make a name. She just did not care. Now, Linda Farnstein is depicted by Felicity Hoffman in Ava DuBernay's new flick, new Netflix series, When They See Us. Um, she ran the office that supervised the prosecution in the case 
that has come to be known as both the Central Park Jogger and the Central Park Five case. Now, I'm saying hats off to Ava DuVernay for bringing this story to life as it needed to be told, Reginald. Okay. Now, there's been considerable backlash against this Farnstein in the years after the trial brought up again by the release of the show. So, you know, to give you guys some history out there about the case, should any of you not be familiar with this story, here it is in short version. Okay, that the prosecutor, you know, she's accused of, you know, the group of the five that I have already said before, and that um, the case became highly publicized and sensationalized, so much so that even Donald Trump weighed in on it. This is what the report is saying. And what, uh, by the way, listeners, he still stands by what he stated years ago about the, you know, about the men in this case. And, you know, and please go to this site and read it. It's a lengthy read, but it's a good report. Now, the five were eventually exonerated in 2002, uh, originally and my listeners, after Reyes confessed. Reyes is the individual who actually did do the dirty deed. Now, the district attorney, Robert Morgenthau, withdrew all charges against the boys who are now men at this time, and their convictions were vacated. They later won a $40 million settlement against New York City. Your comments, Reginald? This has been happening in, in so many other places as well that, you know, young men are, are, are being forced, uh, you know, forced confessions and things like that. And mm-hmm. and this, this attorney's prosecutor, she needs to be held accountable. Anybody and everybody who had their hands, their dirty hands in this to uh, you know, force a confession to these young men, uh, you know, need to be held accountable. They lost years of, of their life. I mean, sure, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they, that they were, uh, you know, monetarily compensated, but how can you be monetarily compensated for years, minutes, years, days, months that you lost of, of your life? No amount mm-hmm. of money can compensate you for that. And so, mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad that this story is, um, uh, the producer and director of this movie, you know, has come, has come to light. And, you mm-hmm. know, right, Donald Trump continues, you know, he, he took out full, um, full page ads in, in the New York newspapers about how these young men should be executed. And he's mm-hmm. continued to stand by that, you know, which is just totally, which just shows the, you know, but but yeah, they people need to be held held accountable for the loss that these young men uh of uh, uh, you know time of their life. Exactly. And you know, they were interviewed uh recently and um, you know, they were saying that they you know, they won forty million I mean, what is forty million dollars? And listen, uh Reginald and my listeners, they probably it is not tax free money, probably. Um, mm-hmm. and they're gonna, they're gonna have to, you know, pay taxes out. I mean, what is that? You mean, I mean, they, right. they have lost, I mean, they had goals and dreams and aspirations. These were five, um, uh, young men, you know, who had their life, uh, in front of them, nice looking young men. And just because, you know, uh, they, um, and, and then Reginald, I also was reading in this report, and this is why I'm telling my listeners that, uh, they, they should go there and read it. It was saying that, um, she, this Linda Farnstein, had told the policeman to go and look for, you know, five, you know, uh, black men. Go and go and look for them. Go, you know, go out there and, you know, and look for them. I mean, it's it's just totally ridiculous. So I don't know why she's thinking, 
that, you know, she can get off by saying, you know, well, you know, um, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I, I did not coerce them into doing anything wrong and then, and so forth and so on. Now this happened in 1989. Okay. Let's do the math. This, this is now 30 years later and we're still talking about this. And that's because we're still talking about racism and, and hate and everything that's, that's in this country. It's, it's ridiculous, Reginald. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I just think, you know, and, and, and I remember when this was happening, you know, just like you, just think of 30 years ago, you know, it seems mm-hmm. like just the blink of an eye. And, and mm-hmm. that's how important our lives are. You know, it's the, it's the blink of an eye. You're here and, and, you know, for only a minute. And, and so, exactly. yeah, this Linda, whoever, you know, yeah, she wants to now duck and dive about her responsibility and her involvement in this. And, and she needs mm-hmm. to be held accountable. This, this yeah, is she totally does. ridiculous. I mean, how she thinks and, she and, can just yeah. disappear, you know? Come on. Yeah. And then, Reginald, um, uh, they're saying that she never apologized for her role in the prosecution of the five, mm-hmm. even after Mateus came forward. Now, Mateus was an individual who came forward and let, mm-hmm. letting them know with all kind of evidence of the wrong that she did. And she still, you know, she still did not, um, you know, uh, do this. You know, she, she, Linda, told the New York in 2002, I think Mateus Reyes. Now, Mateus Reyes is one of the guys that were, um, you know, of the Central Park Five, uh, ran with the pack of kids, the pack of kids, and maintained the confessions took place in a much more friendly atmosphere, not the bare inter- interrogation rooms, because they also complained about that. But I just want to mm-hmm. say real quickly, she went on with her life. She began writing mystery right. novels, some some of which were bestsellers, Reginald. They are also they are mostly about a Manhattan prosecutor named Alexandra Cooper, who often prosecutes sex crimes. In total, she has written twenty three books, this article is saying, and has received a handful of literary re- awards. She has appeared as a legal commentator on news programs like the Today Show and Good Morning America and AE's American Justice. I mean, it's 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 just totally ridiculous, you know. And then get this, Reginald. She also played a role in the infamous Harvey Weinstein case and reportedly helped bury an accusation against him. Okay. You know, in 2015. Yeah, in 2015, Hmm. according to a 2017 National Public Radio report. Okay. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so, of course, when Ava DuVernay was doing this, um, you know, movie, you know, she was having a, a fit or whatever, but no, no one cares. I don't care about the damn fit she was having. I hope her ass, she has to pay, she has to pay for what she's done. It's, it's, it's terrible. And I feel bad for these guys. You, you know, the looks on their faces, you know, when they were being interviewed, you could still see the hurt, the pain, the anguish, the loss and all of this, you know. It's, it's it's still there. It's still there. You know, how would you like to be um accused and being and, and in jail a bunch you know and taken out of society, you know, it's just wow. Right. I, and I, she I doesn't don't know. have doesn't have the common courtesy, or not even common courtesy, but 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 you know, feelings of just being a human being to say, you know, to apologize for what she has done, for what she was involved in. And, yeah, I didn't know she was involved in this Harvey Weinstein mess. So it shows this, you know, mm-hmm. the type of person that she is. It shows who she is and, and what she's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, you know, she's, she's, she's 
a scumbag in my opinion. A total scumbag. Yeah. 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 I mean it's it's really bad. It's 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 you know you 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 should you should you guys just go there and read about it, all of you guys who don't don't know about it or and or who do know about it and still feel that the that the interest is there. Okay, Reginald, let's move on to the next um subject. Do you believe in the village? Now, what I'm saying is that parents or the parent or the guardian or or grandparent or grandparents, whoever has the responsibility of raising children, need to have additional support in order to maintain a strong support for raising children, particularly now. As years has passed, the matriarch of the family has eroded. The role of grandparents has eroded. Responsible, loving, and caring aunts and uncles have also dissipated as well from being somehow woven into the careship of our children. And as a result, listeners, just take a look at the barometer of what we have going on now with our children. School shootings, children are murderers, raping and drugs have all way too much encapsulated our children's minds. Parent or parents are working. You know, they're doing their due diligence to take care of the family. My question is, who is minding the children as the old saying goes? Nowadays, a lot of people think if you are nine years of age, for example, in you know, some cases younger, the young child can be responsible to take care of themselves in the absence of a responsible, caring adult. Children eating bag dinners instead of eating a home cooked meal as much as some parents may cite. I am too tired to cook. So, you know, I picked you up some McDonald's here. Here you go. Unfortunately, on the other hand, Reginald, you have some parents who think that they are leaving their children in the hands of a responsible, caring adult, only to find out that that is not true. Okay, and then you have the parents who are not parenting, which I have discussed, you know, these topics on my show a number of times. Now, um, I have a few seconds um, before we bring on our next next guest, uh, Reginald, but I would like to hear your comments real quickly, you know, and I'll close by saying our society is totally broken and it is a shame and it is sad and it is scary. And, you know, as I said, you know, we need to look out for our children. So your comments, Reginald? Yeah, well, as a um, social worker and clinical mental therapist who's been and continues to be involved in families for the past 28 years, I've been and continue to be in the trenches, to the forefront of and seeing the breakdown of of the family, and you mm-hmm. know I deal with that every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where 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 children are, you know, no responsible adult is there. They're in the system. You know, they've been physically abused, sexually abused, mentally abused. You know, all all of this and and above, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> You know, that breakdown of, of the family, you know, shows what we have today. It shows what we have right now. Uh, so mm-hmm. when I when I go into work today, those are the things that I'm going to be dealing with. The breakdown mm-hmm. of the family, why this child is, is behaving the way that he or she is. And when you mm-hmm. start going into it, it's the breakdown of the family. And so yeah. it, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad and it's yeah. the same. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it really is sad and it really is, you know, it really it really is a shame. And, um, you know, uh, I, I just want to say this real quickly, that parents are far too often trying to be friends to their children. Now, there is a difference, um, listeners, of being friends and friendly. 
You can be friendly with your child, but I'm not your friend. They need to understand that you are the authoritative figure in that household. You know, it starts right there with, you know, with, you know, with the home and, you know, and, and when they get out into society, then they will know how to, um, you know, how to conduct themselves in a manner in, in how they need to conduct themselves, you know, as being, um, law abiding citizens and respectful, you know, but wow, it's a shame. So I'm going to bring on my next guest right now, Reginald. Okay. You ready? Her okay. name is Michelle. Yep. Her name is Michelle Kubis. She is a friend to the show and she is also a personal friend of mine. She is uh, with us today to talk about this very subject that my brother and I were just discussing, um, uh, here moments ago. And, um, she is, uh, writing an, a book called The Broken Social Contract. I think that is super. We need to, to have these kinds of literature out there for people to read and have a better understanding of what is going on in our social realm in this country, in our world. Thank you, Michelle, and I'm so happy to have you on my show. Good morning, Teresa and Reginald. Thank you. Good morning. You're welcome. So how are you feeling today, Michelle? You're ready? Great. Great. Always a choice, right? Fantastic. Absolutely. Now, um, you, um, I, one thing that I, I did not uh, mention to my, um, listeners in your introdu- in my introduction, um, can you take, you know, a, about, you know, a minute and talk about, uh, what it is that you do? You are a, pro- a professional business coach. Can you briefly tell my listeners what that is about? Yes, uh, coaching uh, actually is nothing new. Uh, companies and people in, in power always had advisors and people to guide them. And coaching became a very popular trend, actually, in the 90s. And uh, the, the schools popped up for people to train as coaches and so on. So I've actually had formal training. It's about mm-hmm. advising companies on on actually structuring their companies within their their own cultures, their societies within their their businesses, whether it's a small company, maybe two, three people, there still has to be a foundation upon which people function within that uh, environment. And that's what really stimulated the book for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. I'm I'm happy because we... We, you know, we need to have more conversations um, about this as we really need to get into. I don't know how to say it other than saving our world from from annihilation. You know, we need to save it from the the detriments of our global warming. We need to save it from the detriments of potential continued war, uh, starvation among our adults and children and things like that. So let's let's talk more about the uh broken um social contract. Um my brother and I before um bringing you on, we were talking you know about the absence of things called the matriarch of the family, which um years ago, um up until recent years, there was a matriarch of the family, be it your grandmom, your grandfather who you looked to when you needed advice of these um individuals also <clears throat> excuse me also kept the family in in you know in in going in the right path when they saw them going off the right path 
You know what I'm saying, Michelle? Yes, so what absolutely. You, you know, so, so, so tell me, do you, you know, do you see the results of having a lack of things like the, you know, the matriarch of the family, um, you know, grandparents or grandparents, you know, um, either living in the home or, you know, uh, there to make sure that the children as well as their adult children are doing what they, they need to do. Do you see this as being a result of where we are now in society? Yes, it, it, the, the matriarch actually was the family, I'm going to say anchor, but in a good way because yes. it kept people grounded, if you will. There was always mm-hmm. a touchstone, a place to get back to. And mm-hmm. when you have no uh, rules and regulations, so to speak, there there's no place to get back to when mm-hmm. when you fall off a path. Or in order to grow, people are going to make mistakes. They're going to go off uh, a, a given path. The fact mm-hmm. is, when the matriarch or the, the leader of the family, basically, you're talking about mm-hmm. leadership. You're talking about someone who is helping keep people accountable within the mm-hmm. family. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be the parent. It's yes. whatever is the the reliable figure that people can mm-hmm. turn to and know that there's going to be a structure, mm-hmm. basically. It's mm-hmm. the old, it takes a village. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's an African proverb that it takes mm-hmm. a village to to raise a child. And mm-hmm. that, that's very true, especially if there are no positive role models in the family, exactly. per se, mm-hmm. that at least mm-hmm. the village, people can pick who they want to emulate from. That mm-hmm. it's, it's very important that, that that is evident, and that's part of this broken social contract, is that people are being left just afloat. There's no no standard, no agreed-upon rules that society has anymore. It's anything mm-hmm. goes. Yeah. So, Reginald, um, I want to I want to bring this up, and um, you know, as as we talked about uh, once again, you know, the the absence of this, and when I converse with with um, individuals, um, you know, like for example. I consider myself, because as I said, I'm a young woman with an old-fashioned twist, and I consider myself the matriarch of, you know, of my family. Um, if um, uh, if they if I if I see them falling too far, you know, from the the path that they need to be on, yeah, I will confront them. And it's not a it, it is not um, um, a, a point of me. Oh well, you know, they may not like me anymore. I can't. I I don't have that concern. The thing is. Is, is doing the right thing and helping these individuals to stay in the in the right path. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Uh, absolutely. Everyone needs that anchor in their life. Uh, everyone needs, uh, you know, especially our our children growing up. Uh, and the absence of that anchor, I, I, I see every day. I've seen for 30 years in the work that I do of that absence of of, of an anchor. You know, I, I always tell, uh, especially the, the kids that I work with right now, I always tell them that I'd rather you leave here hating my guts and have learned something from me than leave here and me not teaching you anything. You leave here thinking Reg is such a great guy. 
you know, because it's my responsibility, not just as your therapist, but as a human being, as a man, mm-hmm. to guide you, to show you and to tell you and to and to encourage you on 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 what to do and how you should do it and look at the mistakes that you've made and how, you know, that's not, you know, it could be a detriment to your life, but however you can overcome those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just that absence, that family breakdown is just, I mean, it's, it's really something. I see it every day. I talk to these kids, you know, where's mom, where's dad? Don't know where mom is, don't know where dad is, or mom and dad are, are, are incarcerated, you know, things like that. So, it's, yeah. so it does take, uh, it does take a village. So I'm that one person right now who's in their life that's helping to guide them, that's helping to give that anchor uh, in their life. And then hopefully there's, there's a teacher or, or an aunt or a grandmother, you know, who can fill those voids as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so Michelle, I would like to talk about, you know, because I've been knowing you for a while and you've written a lot of great, um, articles and, and, and things of this nature. Listeners, I want you to know this woman is a fantastic writer and just, oh, you know, you. and yeah, you're welcome. And just exactly what, what spurred you to write about the the broken social contract? You know what 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 inspired you you know to do this? Was it because of 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 the wayward movement of our of our society now, or or just exactly what what was the inspiration? Well, it's been a long path for me uh, as a former. Well, growing up, even as a child, you know, watching people who were able to skirt the rules, get away with things, and still be rewarded, even though their behavior was ghastly. You mm-hmm. saw it on the playground with, with kids when you were a child. You, you, the people, you start reading all these messages. And as a school teacher, when I was working with high school students, I saw the lack of trust and the feeling that that they were alone, they were floating as a, you know, no man is an island kind of thing, but they were. And Mm -hmm. uh, I have found that we have moved as a society to always, we need to be right about things. Rather Mm -hmm. than understand there's this, this is where I see us today, polarized to be right. And Mm -hmm. if, if, if I'm right, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. So it becomes that kind of thing rather than saying, okay, this is my position. That's your position. Let's, let's learn. Maybe there's a third position that we can pull out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lack of, I would say, even a, a lack of willingness to mm-hmm. hear the other side to, I'm sure Reginald, you, you can support me with this, that there's this intolerance of mm-hmm. anything that's different than oneself. Mhm. Exactly. So that's an insecurity. That's based on fear. That's based on I'm slipping. Nobody's going to know that I was ever here. And I mm-hmm. think as a coach and as a parent and as a person of society one of the greatest fears and I think um the uh oh, I forgot the the invisible man the book, that people, mm-hmm. that's one of the greatest fears is that people feel that they're invisible. 
And when mm-hmm. they're invisible, this is what social media has given to people. The sense yeah. of anonymity, they can do anything. They're not held accountable to any any standard of behavior that they can say and do and whatever they want. And it's all anonymous. They can't and it's be all, Yeah, exactly. And that is definitely portrayed with the person that's sitting in the White House that slaves built um, today. Um, oh, yeah. you know, so, yeah. So what I wanted to say, um, um, I, I wanted to, um, you know, uh, tag along there by saying that people are no longer wanting or, and are willing to learn. You're absolutely correct. Because when, um, I'm talking about, you know, um, you know, my grandchildren and things like this, you know, uh, people, I, well, there's a few things, you know, people I feel that they are also jealous that they have no one in their lives that are loving their children the way I'm loving my children. So then they, they, they feel that it's okay, uh, which they soon find out that it's not okay for them to just say um, things that, you know, to me, like, you know, well, don't they have parents, you know, can't their parents are not, that doesn't, that, that, so what, yes, they have parents, but what is, what is your, what is your problem? What is your, what is your concern? Um, you know, they, they don't want to learn anything. And so then um, one comment was, you know, well, people don't want you to tell them, um, you know, anything anymore. You know, they don't want you to tell and the bingo. I told her this person that said that to me and that in that in itself lies the problem. You know, um, it's like what you were saying a few moments ago that listening has seemed to gone gone awry. They don't want um, you to tell them anything. People don't seem to uh, know. And this is not on the general uh, scale, but a large scale of it is that people don't seem that they want to learn um, in anymore. There's a lack of willingness to hear the other side, as you were saying, um, you know, I sat on the bench, you know, for, you know, for a long time, you know, and, and I used to teach these people this while I was on the bench, you know, that it is just not your side. I don't care if you are the plaintiff coming in here just because you're saying something about the defendants. It, it is not all about you. You know, this is a court of law and there are rules and regulations and laws that has to be adhered to in order to come to the right uh, decision regarding your case. So you just can't come in here saying they did this boom and then it's over. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yes. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. You know, there's, uh, I believe in this, it's his side, her side, the, the lie and the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're right. People aren't willing to, you know, I've, I've had parents and, and, and I know Michelle, you, you've had this too. You know, yeah. you, you meet a kid and, you wonder, why is this kid this way? Then you meet the parent, and it's like, okay. Or mm-hmm. that parent is not around. It's like, okay, that's why. You know, and, and you're right, parents trying to be their friend. You you are a parent. You need to be a parent when they're adults and grown, and then, okay, now your relationship can, can, can change. But while you're... Well, that kid is in those formative years. You need to be a parent. I had one kid tell me recently, uh, one of the questions in my group was, what would you do differently when you have children than what your parents did to you? So this one That's young lady who, who's 17, 16 right now, she said, Reg, I'm going to tell my children no. I said, well, tell us more about that. She said, because at 13 and 12 and 11, I can go and come as, as I want. I came in the house, got back home at 3 or 4 in the morning at 13. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. where are the parents? And these aren't 
you know, a lot of people think, oh, this is because of a, you know, maybe a low income area. No, these people live in a high income area. So, so, so you can't throw out, oh, because they were, you know, uh, oh, they were in, lived in a trailer park or they lived in the inner cities of that. No, it's mm-hmm. all around. And so, yeah, these parents were not being parents. They let her do what she wants to do. And that ended up in sexual assault, physical assault, and substance abuse. Exactly. And, and I'm sorry, okay. Michelle, go ahead. Go, go ahead, what Michelle. I was say, unfortunately, the, the people that Reginald's referring to, we have lost like two, maybe three generations that have had really very little or few role models of what a parent looks like. It's, it's mm-hmm. Yes, there are cultural issues. We have ethnicity issues, all of that. But that's where the immigrant culture was very helpful to the United States. Exactly. People brought those rules and regulations of their, of their culture with them, that the, mm-hmm. the kids knew what was expected of them. You're going to speak English. You're not going to speak English. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of immigrants wouldn't allow their children to speak the, the, their native tongue, that they wanted them to become inculcated as Americans rather than to take on the mantle of where they came from. So there were, I think part of it, Reginald, uh, you and I should sit down and have a cup of coffee. Um, I know. The, the, idea, the idea that people, it's not that they don't want guidance, it's they don't even know what to ask for because right. it's never been shown. It's not, it's not offered up and, and then people begin flailing around and I never blame the kids for trying. I, that was always my That's thing right. with my kids. They're going to mm-hmm. go off the rails. And it's our mm-hmm. position, it's our responsibility, and that's the key word, the responsibility to keep them on that track. Yes, they're going to fall right. off. Yes, they're going to do something, you know, unsavory. However, it's the idea that they have some, again, somewhere to get back to, that matriarch, that figurehead, that leader in the family, my goodness, right. if I said and did certain things, I would have had my head handed to me. But it was right. not even the act of it. It was the thought of it that was more terrifying. Well, and, well, it, well exactly. Right. Well, well, right. well, yeah, well, well, exactly. The, the thing is, because I'm, you know, I have to run this on, you know, on, on time here, is that, you know, um, with my children, and um and as i said before it doesn't matter if they are adults so um you know i know that my brother said that when they they become adults and the relationship change well i don't think that it should change to the point that you still don't recognize the fact that no it doesn't matter that if you are an adult and this is what you're saying uh michelle because i see it with the people coming over here from india when they come from india they bring their parents with them because they want their children to be structured in a manner of how they were structured, that they don't want them to become so Americanized. This is what I'm seeing, that they lose their way, okay? So, you know, and I feel that just because you are an adult, you still should always remember that your parents are more of an adult than you are. And this is what, this is the whole um, ambiance of being a matriarch, because when, the matriarch, whether it was, uh, I know Michelle was saying that this uh, it was an, an, an um, African proverb, but 
um, uh, it, it's different in other cultures because I've studied Chinese, Japanese, and other cultures, and it still was known as a matriarch. And oftentimes when they were perplexed about something, they had an issue about something, they always went to the matriarch of their family for guidance. So therefore, when um, in, in today's culture, as I said, that there has been a, um, a, a loss and a lack, there still are some matriarchs in the family, uh, in families, because I've been talking to people and I just want to see what they think about uh, a matriarch. And it's just been very interesting. But they still a lot of them are still recognized as such as what I was what I'm talking about. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, Reginald? Oh sure, and 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 what I meant when I said that you know when the when the ch- uh, child becomes an adult that that um, relationship change. But what I mean by that is, well, you know now now you're an adult. Sure, you're still gonna you know get that guidance and things from from that parent or or that or that uncle or that aunt who you know important in your life. So so that's what I mean. Not meaning that. You know, now I'm an adult, I know it all, whatever, you know, but the relationship changes now from, you know, like all things, when it gets uh, bigger, relationships and things changes. So the relationship changes from from the just the strict parent and child to now you're an adult. You're still doing, now you're doing your thing, but now you still have that guidance from that grandparent, from that mom, from that dad, from that uncle, whatever, you know. Uh, exactly. So, so, so that's what I meant by that. So we still always okay. in our life continue to need, you know, that guidance from people who we look up to and respect. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, um, you know, years ago and, and I've and I've talked about this person, um, you know, on my on my show, her name was Mama Eleanor. And um, she uh, lived in uh, Chicago and she I referred to her as my spiritual mother. And she was fantastic. And when she uh, transitioned, you know, I could feel the void, you know, in my life because I, you know, this woman, you know, she she was just full of wisdom and um, she was she was just an all around great um, individual. And uh, she was also I also uh, put her into my youngest son, Cedric life when we were there in Chicago. And um, we both just thought that she was fantastic. So I understand and I know about the, you know, the matriarch of the family, you know, because I miss, you know, having kind of different conversations, you know, with, you know, with our parents who are no longer here. They've been gone since 71 and 81. So, and I feel that that's very important, you know, to keep up the um, idea of that because this is what um, has inspired um, Michelle to write her book, The Broken Social Contract, and uh, it's upcoming. And uh, by the way, Michelle, um, when do you yes. think about you'll be done with the book, um, with your book? Uh, when well, do you think the, it'll be available on the shelves for uh, the people targeted, to read? The targeted uh, excerpt will be uh, by September, and okay. I'll be able to post that on my website at positivepotentials.com. And then okay. people are interested, they can can go there. But the the whole the whole thing goes back to the Ten Commandments. One of the commandments mm-hmm. is to honor the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. And this is what we've lost in, in the United States particularly, but I think globally it's spread like a virus, is that mm-hmm. we've lost a sense of honor. It didn't matter yes. how much money you had or whatever. There was, once if you had honor, you had a, right. something to be, to be accountable to. You had a, mm-hmm. a code, code of conduct. You had, Things that you wouldn't want to lose your honor 
And I sense mm-hmm. today, I find even in companies, the way they treat their customers, the way they treat their employees, there's no oh, yeah. honor. Exactly. If anything goes for the almighty dollar, and it's not even always money. It's positioning. It's, exactly. it's just all kinds of things, like my way or the highway, and, you know, I don't care what you think. That's their idea of, of feedback is an 800 number, and if nobody's calling, oh, gee, look, nothing's wrong. Teresa, we could do a whole series <laughs> Oh, ex- ex- oh, exactly about the oh yeah about the broken social contract, but um okay so we're we're out of time Michelle so but oh, I'm going sorry. to have you yeah that's okay don't worry about it um but we're going to you know I'm going to have you back on here uh particularly when you launch your book um oh, in you. September I yeah I've already noted that uh, because I would like to talk more about the the broken social contract. In hopes that, you know, um, because one of the platforms that my show stands on is educational and inspirational uh, topics and, and things. So and the hope is that whenever someone listens uh, to my program, that that they have learned something, they have been inspired um, in some kind of manner. They've received some kind of um, guidance or, you know, a twinge of thought that will help them in their day and help them in their lives. So I thank you, Michelle, for taking your time and being on the show here with, you know, with me today. Well, thank and, you. Uh, and and have a great day, Reginald. You too. Thank okay. You, thank you. All right. And look forward to talking to you and having coffee with you. Yes. Likewise. Okay. Okay. All right then. Okay, Michelle, thank you very much and have the, a great rest of your day. Yes. Thanks, Teresa. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. So, um, um, my uh, engineer is telling me I have about five minutes. So the the thing I also I have a couple of announcements that I want to um, announce, and um, one of them is that um, uh, my listeners is that after um, I will be airing again in two more weeks, and uh, then after that I will be airing the first Thursday of each month uh, until further notice. Let's say. And the reason for that is because I'm attending law school. I have decided to get my uh, my Juris Doctorate, and um, and so this uh, gives me some uh, free up time so that I can um, be the excellent uh, person in in education uh, that I am. And uh, this has been something that I've been wanting to do. I have a lot of education, but I was looking for, you know, what my topper would be. I had thought, well, maybe I would get a Ph.D. or maybe I would get a, a Juris Doctorate. Of course, I always involve God in my decision making. What is it that you would like for me to do for your uh, children here on Earth? And it definitely is to uh, become a, become an attorney. Um, I would be excellent at it. I already have had a lot of experience in the legal realm, sat on the uh, bench for eight years, um, University um, of Roosevelt uh, Paralegal, and uh, so forth and so on. I'm very excited about, you know, this next leg of my journey that um, I will be going on here. So I just wanted you guys to know that. And I would appreciate you tuning in and, um, um, you know, listening to uh, my broadcast. As I said, it will be the first Thursday of each month. Now, here's the thing. In July, next, the, the, the first Thursday in July is the 4th of July. OK, so it'll be the, the following Thursday after that. But after that, it'll definitely be the first Thursday of each month that, you know, you'll be um, able to um, 
hear my broadcasts and um and my you know varying guests and things like that that I'll be having on. And the um the other um uh announcement is that um uh Reginald is gonna be speaking this weekend at a church called the Citadel of Praise Church. It's located in Peoria, Arizona. He's gonna be presenting um about uh mental health therapy, you know, and um what's going on in our society with that. Um and particularly among uh people of color who tend to shy away from the thought of needing to reach out to get help in the mental realm. So that's going to be his presentation. So, and that's Sunday, as I said, at the Citadel Praise Church in Peoria, Arizona. And uh, so I, uh, I got about maybe one, one or two, three seconds, uh, minutes rather, but very quickly, Reginald, uh, what do you think about the deputy Scott Peterson? Uh, he is the one that is now being charged with 11, um, he's facing 11 charges, including negligence for his inaction at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in 2018. He also has a bond that is set for um, 102,000 and part of his 11 charges is child neglect, culpable negligence and perjury. Uh, real quickly, what do you think about that? It's about time. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I think about that. It's about time. Mm-hmm. It's about time. Need to yeah. be held accountable. Yes. Um, you know, there were there's arguments I'm listening to on both sides, um, you know, involving the Constitution as well. Like one mm-hmm. attorney, his name was uh, Jesse. Uh, God, what was his first uh, last name? His, he was on CBS, CBSN News uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. And uh, he was talking about it with the um, with the the uh, moderator there. His name is Jesse Weber. Okay, and uh, he was he was bringing up, you know, they were talking about the Constitution. You know that they're saying that the police have a constitutional duty to protect those who are in custody, but they don't necessarily um, have to protect, you know, uh, you know, people in the in the you know just regular realm against harm. Now, this is something that was pointed out, he says, by the Supreme Court. And I am going to uh, I have, you know, the Constitution in back of me here in my office. And so I'm going to do some research on that to find out, you know, the exactly, you know, if, if that's true, what he says, you know. But um, uh, but because he was employed by the school and his duty was to protect those children, this is why they were bringing up the child neglect because you got people on the other side saying, well, he wasn't, it's not like he was a babysitter, that he wasn't, you know, babysitting the children, but he was, he was, um, assigned this position through the, through the school district. And, exactly. and in actuality, he was supposed to protect those children. And you got film footage of him for over 40 minutes and, uh, he's, um, you know, walking back and forth and he hadn't, pulled out his revolver not once to mm-hmm. to deal with to deal with the shooter so yeah there there should be there 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 needs to be uh yeah he needs to be brought to yeah. the to the um yeah he needs to be brought to the table on that okay so Reginald we are out of time and i am going to say thank you very much for um coming on to my show i thank michelle kubas for her time as well um her book again is the broken social contract it will be out, she said, in September of 2019. So look forward to that being on your bookshelves. 
Um, she's an excellent uh, writer, so it'll be an excellent read. And I'm saying to you out there, as usual, be kind to yourself. This is where it starts first, and then be kind to one another. This is Teresa E. Keys. I'll be talking to you two weeks from today. Make it a great one.